0: In each weekly video fishing forecast, you may see me holding uh, an index card for notes or some of my notes, and occasionally you'll see me looking into the computer and folks ask, uh, you know, what is it you've got written down? Well, I printed out this week's notes, and uh, you can see, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I'm Jim Hutchinson with the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition of the Fisherman Magazine, and uh, it's Thursday, March 9th, and striped bass season is well underway. It's been a, it's been underway in the Garden State since March 1st, though after six days at the Atlantic City Boat Show, I've been stuck at my desk all week trying to get caught up. The guy next to me here is about as close that I, as I've gotten to a striped bass in 2023 which basically we are off to a really great start here in the New Jersey Delaware Bay region on striped bass here in 2023. So this week we'll run down some of the latest action with reports from fishermen readers and viewers alike and later on in the program right after Pocono, George and our Costa Rica report with Ben we will take on last week's New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council meeting and just how much our governor loves us here in the Garden State. Now, in last week's video fishing forecast from Atlantic City, I offered congrats to Rick Ravenstahl for weighing in the first legal striper of the season at Absecon Bay Sportsman Center, that 10.9 pounder. There have been quite a few years that Dave has been doing this over at Absecon where it could take two to three weeks sometimes before that first legal weigh-in is registered. Well, this year, all three prizes were awarded on day one, Wednesday, March 1st. There are fish from shore being caught by folks using bloodworms, uh, but with higher than normal water temperatures, the guys in boats have launched early this year and are scoring on small plugs and soft plastics. And that includes local stri- striper sharpie Gordon Muller, who has put double digit catches together on one of the South Jersey Salty Rivers on more than one occasion since last week. He was one of those that registered a couple of fish at Absecon Bay last week. I also saw surf caster George Bucci. Uh, I saw him at the Atlantic City Boat Show over the weekend, but uh, since then he's put a little fiberglass under his feet to get into some light tackle action in South Jersey as well. Meanwhile, in Summers Point, On the outgoing tide on Monday, Bob Stavola found 46 degree water temps and at least four stripers willing to bite a one ounce white jig head and salt strong swim shad in dark green with metal flex. Also got to thank Bob for the $25 donation at the Atlantic City Boat Show last weekend, showing off that beautiful Carrie Chen decal, brand new, brand spanking new on his boat, by the way, we have the Saltwater Fishing Expo next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'll be there for three days, taking donations for gray fish tag research, and uh, our Northeast Stripe Bass Study will offer you a shot to donate to the program and get your own Carrie Chen Northeast Stripe Bass Study decal to put on your boat or your bump your bumper if you will. And I also, of course, as every show this season, we have those BKK hooks for your subscription to the Fisherman Magazine, New or Renewal, as well as the Fish Bites Fight Club. For more than 20
1: years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. Let's
0: stick with South Jersey for a spell, shall we? I saw on Monday where Higby's bait and tackle in Fortescue registered what I believe is the first keeper striper of the 2023 season there from Fortescue Beach. That was for Cody Rosado from Millville, picked up a 28-incher. Higby's bloodworms on the board. So yes, uh, actually somebody last week posted on our YouTube uh, page uh, about the lower river, the, the Delaware River tributaries and such. So yeah, it might be time to go on the hunt for stripers along the Delaware Bayshore. Probably both sides. You folks in Delaware, you can go to Smith uh, Tackle, Smith Bait in Leipzig. Also, I spoke to the crew at Lewis Harbor Marina. They've got bloodworms for sale. A lot of folks over on that side of the Delaware gunning for white perch, but those rockfish should be active as well. And also back on the Jersey side, you might want to think about the Morris River and even around the bend upriver uh, where striped bass are undoubtedly thinking of the spawn. Now I say that because I've had word from a couple of different sources down along the Chesapeake, that good sized striped bass are already well upriver. Think Susquehanna Flats, which is now closed to striper fishing. Uh, they're, but they're, those fish are up there, the big ones, the monsters, the 60-pound-plus fish are there doing their thing. Closer to home, I spoke to Dennis at the Hook House in Toms River earlier this week while compiling reports for thefisherman.com, and he said, while all those stripers and the toms were all stacked up on top of each other, for most of the winter, he said there was a point this weekend where those fish have started to scatter, uh, scattered throughout the river and also throughout the upper stretches or all stretches of the Barnegat Bay. So you can look all over at this point and leave no sod bank unturned. Again, soaking bloods from shore is a great way to score, but higher than normal water temps do have bass on the move and whacking at lures at this point. My buddy Chris Madison has been on his local stretch of sod somewhere in Atlanta County, throwing white Northeast jig ripper shads somewhere in Atlanta County for a few night strikes. Meanwhile, heading up into Ocean County, Val Seafeld got on the board as well with husband Ken the two fish hawks were out on the Forked River this week, tossing fishaholic finback shads. Cover girl Val scoring her first of what will surely be many striped bass on the season. That is this week. Now we do have some gusting winds uh, this week, middle of this week. Uh, uh dry on Thursday today, however, it looks like a strong possibility of rain in our forecast Friday into Saturday this weekend. Now we'll see what that does to the bite. but John Canosa let me know he hit the muddy river on his fish pro wave runner uh, the other day after the rains and still managed to pick away at what he called a bunch of striped bass. Tony D'Angelo, he let me know, that he was in a North Jersey salty environment somewhere with his first striped bass of the season, casting a six inch tsunami swim shad on the outgoing tide. I'm hearing a lot of that, a lot of outgoing tide, Uh, hint, hint. And I don't know, uh, with all these folks getting fish on the artificials, I guess I should probably start unwrapping my boat soon. Give a call to Adam Shearer down there in Barnegat, say get the Suzuki all fired up, I'm ready to rock and roll. No more striped bass gaffing in the Garden State. Now that mandate came from the Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries Commission. It was announced about the same time as the circle hook regulations, but it has taken the state of New Jersey a while to come into compliance with the ASMFC. But that is effective immediately, it's finalized, and it's official. The brand new restriction, No snag and drop, of course, and no more gaffing of stripers. All that, plus sea bass, porgies, a fisheries management circus in Galloway Township last week, and a commercial fishing lobbyist replaces an angler at the ASMFC, plus congressional hearing on wind. All that is coming up in just a couple of minutes, but first let's check in with my
1: friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. You know, the weather is still causing a bit of havoc over here. You know, cold fronts move in. Fishing gets a little tougher during those times, but it's going to be the springtime bite. So we'll go through this every spring. It's always a challenge, but you always somehow come out to manage uh, some fish. We had a few regulars check in uh, this week, even despite some of the nasty conditions. Uh, we had Tom Gilmore check in. He was out there catching some of these uh, these uh, chain pickerel, big chain pickerel up here in uh, northern Pennsylvania. Uh, and being pretty successful, you know, it's time of year they're kind of fish you're going to get. Uh, also, Jen Wong checked in from Jersey. He's only been on the same thing, getting some of these monster pickerel. A lot of fun to catch on a crappy weekend so you can get out and get some of them. Also, Jen said he's been getting some of these black crappie, one of my favorites for the springtime, on a jerk bait as well. So lots of tactics there to hit, guys. Of course, we still got the trout stocking going on over here in Pennsylvania. We have an April 1st statewide opening so we can get ready for that. And also our shad watch. I'll tell you guys not much to report this week uh, we're hearing some unconfirmed reports of guys picking up a shad here or there but nothing really going on yet uh the water temperature we talked last week was back down to 38 degrees this week it sprung back up i just checked it right before filming this and it was 43 degrees so we are starting to make that climb back up like to see it get close to around 50 degrees before the bite turns on we'll see how things look next week but check in for that well i hope you guys are out getting on them from pennsylvania I'm I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors guy.
0: From the Pocono Mountains to the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, let's check in with Ben from Jackpot Sport Fishing out of Marina Pez Vela in Capos.
2: Hey there guys, how's it going? This is Ben Gilmore from down here in Costa Rica and the Marina Vela. We've had some really nice fishing going on this past couple of weeks. Just two days ago, we raised three blue marlin, fish between 200 and 250 pound, fish of a lifetime stuff for sure for our anglers. There's been some big yellowfin tuna out there, quite a few fish over the 130, 150 pound mark this last couple of weeks plenty of fish in the 30 to 50 pound range as well. The Dorado is still pushing. There's been a few Dorado showing along with sailfish also during our offshore trips. In by the river mouse, we've had some really nice snappers. We've had some snook and the rooster fish bite at the rocks and the beaches has been nice as well. The weather down here is great right now. March and April are great times to visit. Blue skies and calm seas. There's always great fishing here in Costa Rica and we'd love to see you guys down here soon. Back to you.
0: The New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council met last Thursday evening in Galloway Township, a sparsely attended hearing with about 20 people in attendance, half of which were members of the State Division of Fish and Wildlife. There were another two dozen or so on the webinar, people who told me over the weekend that they couldn't hear much because of the technical limitations. Saddens me to no end to be at the annual March meeting and find so few people in attendance as new regulations are set. Now, the Jersey Coast Anglers Association was there, took all my notes. Um, On behalf of what Paul Hartell said was 17 voting club members, I believe is what he said. Additionally, a Monmouth County Dive Club and a couple of individuals chimed in on the sea bass option that would have allowed anglers to keep two sea bass from July 20th through August 31st with a complete, uh, a complete sea bass closure from June 20th until July 19th. However, in a three to one vote, the council opted for the one fish bag limit throughout the month of July and August. Now there were three abstentions, uh, actually there were two abstentions on that vote by members of the commercial fishing community. There were also two shellfish council members who weren't in attendance. The three votes in favor were recreational seat holder Bob Rush, at-large member Dr. Eleanor Bahannock, and commercial seat holder Kevin Wark. Voting as sole opposition was recreational seat holder Pat Donnelly, who ostensibly would have voted with the members of the public who showed up in support for the two fish option for part of the summer. The council chair, Dick Herb, also a recreational seat holder, does not vote, of course, unless to break a tie because he's chairman. Need I remind you that for two years, going on three, there have been two missing seats on that New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council. One at large, like Dr. Bohanek at the council, and the other a recreational seat holder. Now arguably, one of the at large members should act as the chairman, which would free up Dick Herb as the recreational seat holder to vote with the recreational community because as it stands, there are actually only two voting members of the recreational fishing community. Now I've posted my meeting notes on the screen. New Jersey's black sea bass season will be open from May 17th through June 19th with a 10 fish bag. Oh, and it's down from 13 to 12 and a half inches across the board. So whatever season I'm talking about in bag limits, a 12 and a half inch size limit on black sea bass. One fish, of course, from July 1st through August 31st, a 10-fish bag from October 1st through October 31st, the whole month, and then a 15-fish bag November 1st through the end of the year. On the porgy side of the equation, a 10-inch size limit, a 30-inch bag, but the season's going to run from August 1st until December 31st. Now, that doesn't take place immediately. It's going to take a little while uh, for these regulations to become final uh, sometime later in April, maybe May, hopefully by the time the, uh, the, the summer flounder season starts, because last year that didn't happen. Summer flounder fluke is of course the same, exactly the same, opens May 2nd, runs through September 27th. Three fish bag limit, two of them in the slot, 17 to 17.99 inches, one 18 and above. And of course you have three at 17 west of the colregs on Delaware Bay and you have two at 16 inches at Island Beach State Park. Now, by statute, the governor is supposed to ensure that these empty council seats are filled. The process is that members of the public interested in filling any of these positions would go to their state senator and ask for support. So then you take your resume and your cover letter and that Senate support letter and you send it on to the DEP and that gets up to the governor's office where they review it they will then move it on to a, a vote, right? Or a decision. Um, I walked out of last week's uh, meeting absolutely enraged. I didn't stay until the end because Bureau tre- uh, Marine Fisheries Bureau Chief Jeff Brund- Brust once again explained what's going on with those missing seats. Apparently, the governor is reviewing candidates personally at which point if he finds someone he likes, then he'll take it to the Senate for approval. I've taken some heat here by Murphy fans who think I'm unfair to this particular governor. Well, suck it up buttercups. It ain't partisan. Because those missing seats, Governor Murphy is not following the statute, right? It's supposed to be grassroots, community, all the way up through the public process. It doesn't start with his office on who he thinks should be there. It starts with us giving him a slate of names. And in a perfect world, each one of these four recreational seats would belong to, would represent the four coastal communities along the ocean front: Monmouth, Ocean, Atlantic, and Cape May. And the at large member would in fact be appointed to the council chair. That's my perfect world. The reason it would seem that no one cares to participate in this public process anymore and nobody's attending these meetings is because there is no public process and the governor has made darn sure of that. A three to one vote in last week's meeting, and there's only two recreational seats who can vote. In fact, on the very same day that the council meeting was held, the governor announced that he was planning to remove Tom Foti as his appointee to the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, the ASMFC, and replacing him with commercial fishing lobbyist, Jeff Kalin, who also happens to be a member of the Marine Fisheries Council. Now, this is not just fisheries, my friends. Earlier this week, a member of the Board of Public Utilities spoke up against Governor Murphy's 100% green energy push. BPU Commissioner Diane Solomon, earlier uh, earlier this week, spoke spoke out against the industrial wind company, Orsted, in their efforts to allegedly take federal tax incentives from the Inflation Reduction Act to cover up to 40% of their construction costs on these offshore wind farms. Ms. Solomon said the board had previously been assured that, quote, any federal funds would go back to ratepayers, taxpayers, to offset the cost of the wind farms for future cost payments. Now, Orsted appears to be seeking a change in those terms from state officials, possibly even including the legislature. Ms Solomon said, quote, "We now learn legislators are poised to give those funds back to the, de- the, 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 the developer." to the developer, not the taxpayers. In response to Ms Solomon stepping up and against Orsted's plan to take all those taxpayer funds, Governor Murphy is looking to overhaul the BPU by replacing three of its five commissioners, including Ms. Solomon. Don't stand in opposition to the king, especially while he is running down the road en route to his 2024 presidential nomination. Now, my friends, this ain't Democrat versus Republican. That's pitting commercial and, and recreational fishermen against each other, siding with the commercials in this governor's quest for more power. Wind and whales. Congressman Jeff Van Drew has a field hearing next Thursday, March 16th at 2 p.m. That's going to be at the Wildwood Convention Center. You'll want to RSVP for this event at vandrew.house.gov. I spoke to a member of his staff this week who said, yeah, you're gonna have to RSVP. We're expecting a lot of people. And if you have comments regarding offshore wind and our friends at Orsted, you will be able to find the email address njo2jv.rsvp at mail.house.gov. That's there on the RSVP form at Van Drew's website. I plan to send along my comments as well. Now, also in Ocean City, there's a public information sec- uh, session next Wednesday, March 15th. That's at the Ocean City Tabernacle. Starts at 6 p.m. Hoping to answer any questions and address concerns about Uh, Orsted and their plans to place their wind farms off the coast of Ocean City. Now, Cape May County Director Len Desiderio said, quote, we have been working with the city of Ocean City for many months now to challenge the process at the Board of Public Utilities, BPU, used by Orsted to set aside home rule. He also calls this the first of several public information sessions. If you want to find out about that BPU home rule decision, you can find my editorial at thefisherman.com. Go to hashtag NJ for sale to find out what that exactly means. Congratulations to Donald Cavallo of Wayne, New Jersey. He's the winner of the Sterling Wide Trackers this past week in Atlantic City. Your next chance to win from Sterling will be next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 17th, 18th, and 19th in Edison. That's the Saltwater Fishing Expo. John DeBona and myself will be there every day. Jenny Ackerman's gonna be there on Sunday. Great seminars. It is the outstanding show in the region for gearing up for the salt. We'll have more information on that in next week's video fishing forecast. Finally, if you're suffering from cabin fever, like we are, soon, buddy, I swear, Visit Susquehanna Tackle Company in Columbia, PA. They're holding their cabin fever sale this weekend. If you can't make it out to Columbia, PA, you can also log in at sfttackle.com. Next week, we'll be doing our weekly video fishing forecast from Fisherman's Source in Ocean Township, a rundown of what to expect in Edison at the Saltwater Fishing Expo Plus, We've got the Asbury Park Fishing Plug Show coming up next Sunday. Until then, catch them up, and don't be a dull boy or girl. Go fishing. Say it again.